1: This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is
0: Breakman Z. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of going out and busting out of everything you thought that we were about. Because who's going to stop us now?
1: (laughs) Oh, so you make me do a joke now? If if we're going to change change things, I don't do jokes now. Thank you.
2: Did you before though? That's the thing,
0: <laughs> right? Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. Now, uh, if this is on your feed, you're might like, wait a second, that's not the same title as I recall. That's because we've decided that we're too big for just one game company. We're gonna reach out and unfold our wings now and talk about everything having to do with gaming it's big or small, near or far, new and 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 classic, if you have a topic that you have always wanted someone to talk about, then we'll see about it. We'll you know, put it go go to our, our various web pages, uh, which we will talk about at the end. But in the meantime, we have a brand new topic for a brand new era, and that topic is pretty incendiary. Why do video games make such lousy RPGs?
1: Yeah. Ugh. We've been having arguments already in in our discussion group. Oh yeah, about, right. But, yeah. Well, I mean that that's the <laughs> the you know uh, the point of making a
0: strong statement is that somebody, i.e. me, since I suggested it, are going to do my very best to to stand up stand up that that and support that premise, while other people can naysay, but try not to
1: only naysay.
2: <laughs> it's the whole thing. Other people not mentioning any names as we're looking at, yeah.
1: But one thing we probably should do, because, you know, it, it needs to be done, and that's provide a definition of what we mean by a role-playing game.
2: Well, before we
0: do that, I think we should introduce our, yeah. uh, our, our guest host.
2: Okay, um, folks, I would like to introduce uh, my friend, my fellow Dementia Radio DJ um he's one of my gamers and at least well now three out of my or four out of my five campaigns uh host of the power hours friday nights 10 p.m eastern it's kind of on hiatus right now due to tech issues. but breakman z welcome to our inaugural episode of gaming on the frontier thank you for having me the reason why he's here is that pretty much z as i've known him for all this time Is our resident video game expert. If I hear anything at work about video games, Z's the go to person. I'm like, okay, give me everything on this particular game. The youngins at work are talking about it. And Z's usually pretty good. He's like, okay, that, 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 that. So I asked him yesterday after the show to sit in on this because I could really use his expertise because I'm not much of a video gamer. Z knows this. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you, Z, for joining us this evening.
0: Not a problem.: A few ground rules here. Uh, uh-huh. One is is that we're not trying to compare the best of what we think of is RPG, tabletop uh-huh. RPG, what we, some people would call classic RPG, with the worst of, <laughs> of video game RPG, because that's you know that's, that's basically a straw man. We don't want to do that. What we're trying to do here is we're trying to identify the things that are done well. And the things we wish they really wish they would do well, and identify if it is it even possible. Because I would contend as part of my first premise is is that ultimately you're never going to reach in a video RPG what you could do at the tabletop. And again, where I'm going to do my best to support it. I'm sure there's going to be some people who feel differently about it. And that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So John, you wanted to say start off with basically saying if we're going to talk RPG. We need to define RPG.
1: And actually, it's a wonderful de- definition because I looked at it and said, yeah, that pretty much covers the gamut from good old-fashioned OSR dungeon crawls to LARPs to the relatively... It's been around for a while, but it's been codified solo RPG."
0: So, Okay, it- stop teasing us, John. What's the definition that you're trying to p- throw up
1: here? <clears throat> a role-playing game is a game in which players assume the roles of characters in a fictional setting. Players take responsibility for acting out these roles within the narrative, either through literal acting or through a process of structured decision making of character development actions taken within many games, succeed or fail, according to a formal set of rules and guidelines. And I look at that and said, that's yes, that, that covers a gamut of things it, it, that's a lovely definition of what's been for many years hard to define. Okay. I'll catch that bus later.
0: All right, well let me clarify a point here because I think this mm-hmm. is really important mm-hmm. and that is is that and you you mentioned it but and you went on to uh, to basically add a lot of other things having to do with it, but it isn't just playing a role mm-hmm. because an actor plays a role, you yes. know, in a play. And the actor may do the very best job they can at mm-hmm. rendering the words, the narrative that's in the play, but ultimately that's not a role-playing game. It's not, it's not even role-playing because you don't have agency. Not really. You know, the the, the ending is is already forecast, the words that you say are already mostly forecast. You get a little bit of flexibility. But we—it really isn't—and so that's what I'm saying: is it? It's not that. Whatever a role-playing game is, it mm-hmm. isn't just you playing a role. It yeah. has to involve more agency than that.
1: Yeah. Uh, and of course, I'm—I'm the—I'm uh, the—the uh, devil's advocate. But in that same line, then how do you how do you view? Things like improv acting, where they basically are given uh, characters and situation, but now they say go for it, and they have to before an audience. Well, John,
0: we're not talking about that. I just very much you know identified what it is. I'm saying it's ah, not okay. But, I'm not but, saying that there can't be other uh, that acting mm-hmm. can't involve role playing. Mm-hmm. I'm simply saying that a play is not role playing. Okay, it was All written right. by somebody. You as an actor have a job to basically execute your role, you know, mm-hmm. to the best of your ability, a- along with a lot of lighting effects and a lot of other things that go on. And, yes. and in some way, and, and in some ways, what I'm trying to say is that when you get into video games, it becomes more like a play than like a role playing because of a lot of reasons. The biggest one, money. Hmm. Okay, they're spending money. They're spending money to, to to hire voice actors. They're spending money to uh, draw scenery. They're spending money to write a game engine. They're spending money to a lot of things. And so, as a result, they uh, almost all so-called role-playing games and all all video games in general are very much a this, you know a crystallized. Thing it may, and if there's yeah. a story, that story is going to be very inflexible. We can talk about where it's not, but yeah. I'm just saying is that that's a, to me, that's a big difference between the tabletop and the video game. You know, the, the, yes. the money aspect of it forces them, to, you know, the, the, the designers to essentially make decisions that would most likely be done somewhat more flexibly and, and, and maybe impromptu. At the table,
1: mm-hmm. I agree with you there, but I wouldn't call them plays. What I would call them more along the line of is interactive visual novels. Uh, Halo, for example, the Halo franchise, as uh, far as I can tell, is on the rails. There, you know, there's no way you're not going to get the ending at the end of the, each game. You're going to get the ending where, it, where it means you have to replay the last the boss the last boss battle twenty times. You're going to get the same ending at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what, right? You know, it's and Mass Effect was alone. Mass Effect had two endings, and they and they really did make a difference because when you went to the to the Mass Effect Andromeda, um, it didn't really matter what the ending was at that point. Mass Effect Andromeda was uh and was it was basically set before and after the ending of the last Mass Effect game. In that they they were sent out to Andromeda before, you know, all the events happen in the game, but they occur of course afterwards, and whatever happens back on in the in the Milky Way galaxy, it has no effect on the Andromeda galaxy.
0: Right. Okay. Well, John, that's great. But we yep. brought in Z to yes. be our SME. So yep. Z, what mm-hmm. do you think about what we what I just said and what John uh, responded?
3: <laughs> I do think he does bring up a valid point about. Mass Effect, uh, you know, just using that as an example. There, it is the sort of thing that you know. I understand the idea that you know, no matter what you do, you are going to get hit these specific endings depending on how you play the game. I mean, you have a little bit of control over it, but at the end of the day, you know they are, are scripted hit responses. I can understand that, especially with Mass Effect 3 and and the initial ending controversy with that. It was just, okay, what color explosions do you want? Yeah, that was just a whole lot of nonsense.
0: Yeah. See, that sort of thing has been widely reviled in the tabletop RPG world. It's called the plot hammer, Mm -hmm. and everybody hates it yet it's the it is the way of doing video games and so to put to say this is an art a video game rpg with such a massive plot hammer to me i'm like i've already proven my point right there but that's not you know that's not enough i think i think we should continue to talk about what we sh- you know what it should be then i mean is it possible to have open ended RPGs where you really can go in any direction that you want to at the end. Is there some way of programming that?
1: Actually, Bruce, there is. They're called massively multiplayer online role-playing games. Those, yes, you may have quests and and things you do, but for the most part, you have you have free reign to the world. whether you can handle the world when you go there that's up that's that's up to you up to your character and how 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 what level they are, but that's really it's. It's a GM. It's sort of a GM-less GM, uh, somewhat GM game. game. Uh, and this covers World of Warcraft, uh, Skyrim, uh, Eve Online. Uh, Stellaris is another one. Another one where you can have guilds. But it, when it comes down to it, the the players create their own narratives in that one, and they even can decide what their own end goals are. In those game in those games and their video games and they have the all your criteria spending lots of money on voice actors and render render farms and server farms to run those things. But still then you're doing it wrong. No, here's the ending we want you to have. They don't have that. It's open ended. Well, I would to-
0: really like that to be true because that was what was promised back when they first came out with EverQuest. I was mm-hmm. waiting for you know, people to form nations and to mm-hmm. and and then to you know the the people to work together to uh, you know the, the head of the guilds to get together with the writers and to come up with you know mm-hmm. scenarios where they could bump you know against each other, negotiate, do things you know so that you mm-hmm. could come into what seemed to be a really living situation, but it didn't yeah. happen. Now, no, are you it, saying it, that it's gotten much
1: better? Oh yeah, it did happen in Eve, Eve Online. There were several uh, guilds that formed, and they ended up having one of the largest space battles ever between two, between I think one guild and was it two or three other guilds? This basically, you know, basically the, the servers. Uh, it got to the point where the lag was—you got one frame every ten seconds because it was just like there was so much going on. And talk about were, the
0: thing that happened recently.
1: Yeah, yeah, it happened a, c- a couple of years ago, but yeah, but it was. But they have oh. guilds, and they form guilds, and these guilds take the form of the, of the nations, and the, yeah, and it, and, it, and guilds are the uh, are all, also in World of Warcraft, but they're never really big. Uh, they're always a small band. So you're, you're, you know, you uh, know, uh, uh, the the very nature of the world in World of Warcraft, the the guilds that the players band under are going to be small because, well, you know. Uh, there's only so much treasure, and if you have too many people, you don't get that much treasure out of your ventures. All right, uh, well,
0: I, I'm going to come back to this, uh-huh. and I'm going to ask you to prove some of this, okay? Based uh-huh. upon some of the criteria that I have, that I, you know, saying this is what is really good about a role-playing game, is that really here in this, you know, in, in the in these various yeah. things you're talking about? Okay, so right. Trav, I haven't heard from you for a while.
2: Uh, that would be because I don't play very many video games. That's why I I originally said, yeah, Josie should be in on this, but since she's on maternity leave, that's why I brought Z in. This is something I... It's not my sphere of influence. My video gaming kind of ended, and I'm going to date myself here, younger listeners, the Atari 2600. I may have played on a Wii once. So I am not really up on video games and... What's out there and Right, well, it's okay I mean,
0: we're also talking about what we think should be in video games And those mm-hmm. of us who are really familiar with it can say Well, you know, this, this video game does have has that somewhat Gee, I wish there would be a lot more of that Okay, so mm. let's basically talk about agency Please define that term all right. Agency is a is a term that's used more in psychology. Uh, it refers to how much you can affect the world around you, uh. and in what ways. So, for example, a child has almost no agency, right? Because they 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 have no money, they can't drive, they can't hold a job uh, unless they're really exceptional, can't vote, generally, you know, can't bring suit against another person. They're not as strong as the average adult.
2: Okay, the ability to manipulate environment and create change. Okay. Right. As far as video games, I mean, yeah, they pretty much, in my eyes, they're on the rails. Yes, you have side plots. You have side quests you can do. Those are role-playing games as well. But in the end, it's what John would call a story universe. Yeah. Um, Z, okay, let me explain the term to Z Okay, let's say you go to a Robotech world There is a story in the background that is happening That of whatever Robotech war you happen to come in the middle of John has dubbed those universes Story universes A video game universe And we've done plenty of episodes on video games Thanks to Professor Pixie They're pretty much all story universes Zelda, Pokemon Skyrim. Skyrim. Uh, yeah. Skyro oh, yeah. and Crash Bandicoot, they all have an outline, a storyline that you kind of get wrapped up in. So, video games are like that, and just the only way you can, I guess, prolong the inevitable would be to do put in lots of side quests. And I know Final Fantasy had a bunch of them, like the Chocobo races and all that. Yeah, Please refer to our adding Fringeworthy to Final Fantasy episode, which Dirty Red guest started. Um, Yeah, I I don't see much of a way to get out of that railroaded feeling except for adding side quests where it will divert your attention long enough to say, oh, we're on the Chocobo race or, oh, we're getting this piece and just, yeah.
0: Well, I'm actually not talking about questing and stuff. I'm actually talking about what your abilities are. Okay so uh, in even in the earliest RPGs you know like um the, the original Dungeons and Dragons yeah. yes they had classes okay so you were a thief or you mm-hmm. were a fighter or you were a mage okay but if you said yeah but i also am a dancer yeah so you the would say them? like okay you know, and if you and if you had to decide, you know, well, how do we represent that, then he mm-hmm. the GM, she or she would have to come up with some metric, either uh, you know, let's roll under your uh dexterity or you know, or charisma. maybe the, or, yeah. the, or the average of your Dex and Charisma because it was a performance. The point was is that you could go and say, I'm more than this. Okay. And uh you know and and you could assign yourself essentially uh, uh, abilities
1: yeah usually yeah. through backstory now i am going to bring you up on this Bruce cuz i've played with these guys then then, then there's the gm who go who, who then go no there's no there are no dancers in this game you're not going to be a dancer and that's with that, that would have been it that you know. and
0: those would be the bad gms <laughs> We all agree about that, John.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they also would be Gary Gygax
0: GMs. No, so. actually, Gary Gygax said the only rule is there is no rules.
1: Uh, but, unless you play, but unless you play D&D but strictly by those rules he's rolled, you're not playing D&D. He also said that, too. He said a lot of
0: things and changed (laughs) changed his point of view a number of times, especially after he left, you know, TSR. And all of a sudden he was like, no, man, I never meant that. I mean, I (laughs) I, I meant that you should just go and, you know, it was a framework in order for you to go and do amazing things. It was, you know, and, and the early rules were hardly any rules at all. You know, which is why you had these people doing amazing things. And, th- and that's the thing is that rules should be there to let you kn- to, to basically stimulate, stimulate your imagination to let you go further than you might otherwise think about. You know, th- oh, this yeah. is one reason why I, I have trouble with my own current players, because we have a very open magic system. But mm-hmm. all they want to do is look at the magic list and say, what can I do?
1: it's you know that that's always been a problem I, i've ran into that you know i've ran to gms where uh, in the early days it's pretty much uh, you everyone was learning and you were learning and if it wasn't in the book you, improvising was was scary for the gm so not necessarily that no was not necessarily a bad thing it was more like the gm going i don't know how to deal with this yeah
2: i mean all of all three of us have had you know we all started up we all had to start from somewhere and just, oh, I still get my mistakes for GMing thrown in my face 30 years later. If I see Yognved or Sven, oh no, they'll throw it in my face gladly, and I'm just looking at them like, I will jump this table, you know. And so, yeah, we didn't know the rules well enough, and we didn't have that experience to think on our feet that we do now, because, yeah, Bruce, John, and I, as I said, probably easily a century's worth of experience... Game mastering between us, but it took time and oh dear Lord, trial and error on a cosmic scale. <laughs> <laughs> and and I've
1: been getting a lot more experience with different styles of role playing, and some of them, um, no, uh, if you try to do something that wasn't you know that wasn't part of your character definition, you really can't do it, and not because the GM says no you're in a GM-less game and the table says no. Because it's like, no, no, that's that's not the story we're telling. And yeah, you, with GM-less games, you find that it's the table telling you no, you can't do that. Uh, and you have to kind of respect that. Okay. Yeah. The fact
0: that they have to say no to you it's mm-hmm. because you do have the power to do it. But you see what I'm saying is that if the GM mm-hmm. is telling you no and the players are telling you no, it's because you actually have mm-hmm. the ability to do it. Video games don't bother to tell you no. You just can't do it. You're you're basically trying to find out what can I do in you a know. video game. you know. And sometimes they give you some good stuff to do. But mm-hmm. ultimately, you're always going to end up running out of things that you can do. Uh, at least I can't think of any that really lets you do anything Though I've seen a couple that tried where they said, all right, you know, if you start doing this, you know, uh, then you're going to start getting, you know, um, s- your skills in this are going to go up. You yeah. you start crafting, your crafting skills go up. You start casting spells, your spells go up. You start swinging swords, your sword play goes up. So yeah. that that is, I think, is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I would I like, mean, of course, a lot more of it. I mean, let your cooking go up. Let, let your lovemaking go up. Let your cattle breeding go up. I mean, and and, not, and, and I mean between cattle. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. yeah. And there are a couple of games that are getting close to that. Uh, Minecraft, for instance, with enough mods installed, yeah, you you can dance. You can build things. You can make computers. You can build spaceships. Uh, I'm currently play, playing a game of uh, all the mods. Uh, it's got over 200 mods. takes 15 minutes to load up on my computer, and I have a <laughs> damn good computer. Uh, <laughs> and but it gives you all the mods, at least all the all the popular mods. Make sure that there's no cross feeds and things like that. But still, yeah, you, know, you get a lot of mods, and yeah. You can do all these things, and it's and uh, I'm on a server right now where we're forming guilds and clans, and we're busy trying to figure out who's who's doing what to who and where the boundaries are, and we're sort of re- we're we're sort of role playing in a in a, in, a, in a in a sense. Um, there's other games. I think uh, you see you probably heard of them: uh, the forest and the raft. These are two games where they're both survival games.
0: yeah, yeah they're they're both, yeah, they're survival crafting games.
1: Yeah, but the people I've seen in actual play playing them, they're playing roles. They're taught they're going through and discussing things, and they're they're being in character. And yes, they are limited to what they can do but they're seeing what they can do with those limitations. Sometimes I think being able to do whatever you want is the worst thing you can give to a player. Giving them limitations and then letting them work out what they can do with those limitations gives you better role play. So, I'm I don't I'm t- I don't agree with that, but go on. Yeah. yeah, I'm that group. Well, no, because I, like I I've I been playing a lot of groups and in several groups. Yeah, the, the the rules are set up such that, yeah, you're pretty much confined to how, to your character concept. But within yeah. that concept, you are free to explore all the various avenues that it, they can lead you to. It's Go a ahead. good
0: teaching technique, John. I'll agree okay. with you there. I just okay. don't see it as a good way of, of role-playing. Go mm-hmm. on, Trap.
2: It was something I read many years ago that L. Ron Hubbard said and I believe it was in Dianetics, in order to have freedom to do something, or, yeah, you have to have freedom to do stuff and freedom from doing stuff. You have to have that balance. Mm-hmm. That's why you, you can't have a limitless character. You need to have those certain limits saying, okay, and of course, in the video games, role-playing games, you're going to have them... Enhance those skills Through constant use Like Bruce mentioned Sword play You swing the sword Your sword skill's Gonna go up after a while
3: Yeah like the Big Like the big examples That I can think of That kind of of thing Are Vanilla World of Warcraft In which Every type Type of weapon You could do But you had to Work to Get those skills up In that regard and the other aspect that I can think of in that regard would be uh, Final Fantasy II. I'm of course speaking in the Japanese, the original Japanese chronology, as is now widely accepted among the fan base. With that, you know, you had your characters. If you wanted to have like one guy, a specialize in magic, hick like, with a bow. Oh, you could have him in the back row. firing a bow and casting magic. There was a character that's like a big, strong guy. But if you want him to be like, instead of using an axe, you know, being focused on the healer, hey, you can do that. Mm-hmm. It's just that with their the leveling aspect of that, it what well, it was a good idea but it's kind of yeah as how they did it yeah because in most final fantasy games you had like cure 1, cure 2, ooh, cure 3 given different names later on but with final fantasy 2 it was you just had cure and if you wanted to level that up so that it healed more damage you had to keep casting that over and over again. And so, like, every spell, every weapon skill... Well, even your stats had their own thing for leveling up. Uh, One popular thing for increasing your health was uh, the fact that as you took damage, you had a chance of increasing your base health. So one of the things that people would do would they would get into like a fight with some weak enemies and then they would beat the ever loving crap out of each other. But it was the sort of thing that if you healed, like if you got yourself healed, then the chance of your hit points increasing would be
1: diminished. Ah, Uh, yeah. So basically they were Jungian, but that, which does not kill me. It makes me stronger. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, okay, and I I want to uh, say that I am totally against Mary Sue characters.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: we don't. I don't like them in role playing games. I definitely don't like them in video games, though. You know, obviously, in a lot of the games, you're like this super powered lead character that can do so much more than anybody else can do. But one thing that I think is a good way of doing these sorts of things. And either one is, is that you give them the ability to do anything that they want to, but if they try to be good at everything, then they become, then they find out just like in real life, they're good at nothing because they yeah. can never right they can never level up their abilities across everything they have to make choices they you know they have to and and mm-hmm. and making a choice to exclude something is mm-hmm. in fact agency
1: yeah well that's yeah and that's and some games have skill trees that you have to go down but yeah going down those skill trees you got to decide. I'm going to go down. If I go stick around this branch of the skill tree, well, uh, I'm going down this branch of the skill tree. And I'll never be able. I can come back later and maybe investigate the bases of these two other branches, but I'll never be as good as I'm going to be in this one branch.
0: Right. And yeah. and and if they don't let you come back and mm-hmm. go down some of those little branches, at least a little bit. See, that's where I'm saying that's a bad mm-hmm. role playing game in, in in video because yeah. uh, and we've seen this where you basically you pick your class. You know, and and you you follow the tree, and that's all you get to do. And you even though you get like three choices every level, you can't do anything else. You're you're locked into the narrative.
2: Yeah, that that's something that is something I noticed in role playing games versus video games. And I mentioned this in the group that EverQuest and World of Warcraft have been made into OGL. Uh, properties, and I believe it was White Wolf, Sword, and Sorcery that did it. And in the video games, there is no multi-classing in EQ and World of Warcraft. You start out a, a warrior, you're a warrior all the way. Now, when you get into a role-playing game, pen and paper role-playing game, after a while, you can say, you know what, I want to... I Broaden my horizons. I'm tired of just swinging a sword. The only distance attack I have is like a crossbow or whatever. I want to become a wizard. Well, then you can te- start taking levels in wizard and even, you know, back and forth. You know, like, okay, I'm going to put practice on my swords more. Okay, I'm going to learn more spells. And you just can't do that. In a- You're a wizard, Trav. Yeah, you and you just can't do that in the... MMORPGs, you are in that class. I, I think there might have been changes in in uh, WoW. I'm not sure. I want to say there was something about a class change, but I forget what expansion. It's been a while since I played WoW.
1: Yeah. I don't... Uh, the thing is, I, I I know there are a few that... I think it's a long line of, and the class is broad, so that you're going to choose. Oh, I'm going down the fire mage or the blah mage, uh, but yeah, and you, but you're never really going to go can go back and say, no, I want to be a swordsman. I don't know if that's ever changed. Uh, Z was, uh, You have any experience with WoW? Oh yeah, I played uh, World of Warcraft. That's
3: mm-hmm. why I, he, you know, made the reference to vanilla wow earlier. Yeah. Uh But yeah, as far as class changes go, you can, but that's one of those uh paid things that you know, you have to cough up real world money to do. Yeah. So like if you if you're playing as like a paladin and you decide, you know, this is fun and all, but, but I want to play a warlock, but I also don't want to go through the hassle of making a new character and starting all over again. I'm just going to try to keep my level and all and my name and all that stuff. I just pay to change class. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a bit of a pain in the ass. And well, it, hmm. incidentally, I did uh, look it up and. The Warcraft role-playing game was done by Art House.
2: Okay, all right.
1: And I have no idea who that is.
2: Art House. I think it was a White Wolf imprint. Ah, okay,
1: okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just say we're doing something totally different. Bing. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I will agree with you know. Like I said before, a lot a lot of games are visual novels, and you know, uh, there are there's a few out there I've seen. Beautiful games—they're absolutely, you know, intriguing and inviting—and and but they are so on the rails, or at least they're on. You're going to get the same ending no matter what you do, but you're getting a story told to you uh, non-linearly, depending on where it's a sandbox. But you still you're still going toward an ultimate story end. You just how you get to that story depends on the route you take. And so there's some choice there, but in, in this case, it's on the rails. It's just that you got lots of rails to follow, and you're mm-hmm. going to hit every and you're going to hit every station. Maybe not in the order that people would, not in the linear order, but you're hitting them in in a, in, a, in an order of your own choosing. And there's a lot of games like that. Uh, horror games, some horror games are like are like that. Mm-hmm. Survive the night. <laughs> mm-hmm there's one where you, you I, I can't remember its name but you you you're you're a doctor who has a multiple personality and you're going through your house and things twist and change but it's so on the rails that you know yeah. it's yeah but it's fun I like the story it was interesting
0: <laughs> you know. well yeah and, and look I'm not saying that you can't enjoy those sorts of things. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying yeah. don't call it an RPG. That's that's what I'm saying. Because once you call it an RPG, then I'm going to start applying some of these criteria I'm talking about, and I'm mm-hmm. going to say, yeah, no, you're not. You know, you're a visual novel, and I get to basically you know play along with it, make a few minor dialogue choices, you know, and and basically be in the scene while it's happening. You know, I get the best view in the mm-hmm. house kind of yeah. thing. And and that's oh, yeah. perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with that. I, I think that The Last of Us is excellent. I mean, the ending mm-hmm. just rips my, my heart out. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question anywhere along the lines of, you know, how how it's going to go. Because if you die in that game, they just push you back to your last save set. Okay, go try again. Until you finally complete it the way they want you to, and they move you along. You have the illusion of agency, but in fact, is you have almost have almost none. If you know anything about the game, this is a problem for both RPGs and also video games. As you get more uh, more powerful, so does all your opponents. And it's oh, usually yeah. not because you're going up against bigger and and tougher people. It just happens to be because they want everything to remain challenging for you. So, you know, before you were running into like, you know, random thugs and stuff like that. Now, all of a sudden, you've got elite soldiers and and the random thugs have disappeared, by the way, just elite soldiers now. Okay, and because otherwise you're just going to mop them up and they're afraid you're going to be bored by doing that. And I would say that no, you 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 you're back, you're not writing the situation well enough that that weaker monsters or weaker opponents can still mm-hmm. be an interesting threat for you. Because if you yeah. take a weak person and throw them into power armor, you know, like those thugs, throw them in some power armor, wow, all of a sudden they're tough again. And you and if you could yank them out of those, which in the game of Fallout you can, uh, you can actually sneak up and and, uh, and and yank somebody out of their power armor suit And then they're a lot They're a lot easier to deal with after that uh, yeah. And that's something that But that's something you rarely get to see It's usually, you know, especially like Games like Doom and such You know, you, you end up with a lot of Just ever increasingly uh, Powerful opponents uh, Because you're becoming more powerful and, yeah. and a lot of times I'm saying Well, you know, if I didn't advance at all I'd probably be seeing these same guys All the way to the end which is probably not true, but it seems that way Or what happens is you you run into a place where If you're not completing all the side quests If you're not grinding If you're not crafting your equipment to be better at every moment Then you're just going to get creamed By some opponent that they've got set up for you to run up into And you're just not going to be able to handle it And you're going to have to go off and grind some If you want to go any further
1: yeah, I mean, the, and of course, is the other you know massively multi online uh, game that gets a bad rap because of previous history, um, Hot Coffee for one, GTA, and the current iteration of GTA Five and um, San La- San Angeles, or if I've got the name San of the place, Andreas. San Andreas. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, <laughs> from, Los Angeles, <laughs> San Andreas. Yeah. <laughs> It's on an island too, so yeah. Uh, but it, it's it, in many ways, it, it you are you do got a lot of you do got a lot of leeway there. Now you can't you know burn down the town. Uh, that's pretty much a fixed object. But uh, there's a lot of, you can interact with NPCs. Uh, you can go to various places and other places. Well, it's 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 just a solid block. You can't get inside. And then that, but that's a well, that hasn't stopped people from trying that's true yes oh yeah oh yes but yeah and and I'm hella gonna, high water yeah and it it is and some people play characters you know and the, and they run through it there of course there are limit, there are no classes to this one you're you're pretty much low life uh, you're a very rich lowlife. In some cases, um, I, I, I was watching one actual play, and the get the, car- the players have gotten their characters up to the point where they can afford to buy million dollar buildings. You know, so they're but they were still lowlife. It's the only way I can describe it. You know, if the cops saw you, he'd probably go after you. <laughs> unlike unlike real millionaires, who'd send the cops after the peop other people. But uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, GTA 5, I mean, it's, but again, the role-playing there, and this is where I think is, is, is part of the issue. The role-playing it happens is coming from the players using an environment to role-play in, but not from the game itself per se, unless, the, unless the uh, game designers are really aware of what's going on in their own game. And then they may actually provide some tools like GTA 5, the GTA 5 servers I've seen, yeah, there's tools there for you to run ver- you know to run various cons and schemes. You can tap. It's multi. It's massively multiplayer. You can still tap into the built-in storyline if you want to on occasion. Uh, I don't know why you want to. It's actually kind of a boring story. But yeah, there's you can pull capers and do things and and basically kill to your heart's content, which is what usually happens in these games. bunch of psychopaths. Uh- <laughs> But there's other games, uh, Stellaris, or no, uh, no, Elite, Elite Dangerous. That's what I'm thinking of. Stellaris and Elite, Elite Dangerous are exploration games. Yes, you, you are killing things, but you're also working together with other people. And you're working for uh, the Terran government, I, whose name I forget. Well, how
0: exactly ex- are you working with other people?
1: Oh, you can work with them by, uh, you know, either because by tra-
0: Elite Dangerous is on a server, so those other people are actually other players, Right.
1: That's correct. Well, and there's there's some NPCs, but they're mainly, you know, they're they're quest givers or they're or they're equipment buy equipment sellers or or stuff buyers. But yeah, you're working with other players, but you're also working with some uh, with some quest lines that they put out. Like I believe with Elite Dangerous, it's finding artifacts and bringing the locations back, and you can share them with other players, and <laughs> they get you and it gets you prestige, and it gets you access to better missions. To go out there, and you can work with other players uh, to you know do these missions, and and yeah, but like I said, there again, the role play comes from the players assuming roles and staying in those roles while they're playing whether they're online the game, and either through Teamspeak or these days through Discord, talking to each other. I mean, right now the biggest, I think, the biggest thing that's holding back more. Uh, more natural play, you know, more like more like tabletop is the fact that you have to program all the actions for the NPCs.
0: What would be better is you have to come up with um, a more generalized thing of of what their interests are. Basically what they did in uh, Bioshock, where Mm -hmm. they would they, they would take different characters and they would have things that they were interested in. Um, and it would be assigned to, you know, to the various characters. And so you'd see whenever they walked by something they were interested in, all of a sudden they'd go over, they start touching it, they start talking about it. You know, and mm-hmm. They would interact with other people that also were interested in the same objects. And if you have, if you have enough objects in mm-hmm. your game world, you can actually create a, a very rich simulation of, of uh, people going around doing what they like to do
1: yeah but they end up repeating themselves after a while
0: well that's but, a problem with are you talking about the dialogue or are you? Just yeah about-
1: dialogues and actions. sometimes sometimes the guy keeps doing you know his his movements his actions are almost identical every time he does that go over and look at the thing
0: well that that's where they 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 just didn't spend enough money or enough time and that's a big problem I have with um, in, uh, most video games. Is that mm-hmm. if you have NPCs, they have a very limited.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And and what I don't understand is it doesn't have to be, and they're I know that they're getting close to the to the point where they're going to ha- have people actually just saying things as a result of you know phonemes. They're just basically going to construct the words that they want mm-hmm. to say fairly naturally um, mm-hmm. out of you know, uh, and you'll give them like a here's ten thousand uh, phrases that they can yep. say or ten thousand things that they can care about you know with with tag for the various interests and then so when you talk to somebody the next time you talk to them those actually
1: say something different. And you don't run out of things for them to say after five or six times. Well, that pen's running it through like uh, a—it's called a Markov engine, or things like it. These uh, are—they basically are natural language generators that people are working on. And they're—and
0: they're finally being able to do that, which I think is a
1: big—is one of those Mm -hmm. things
0: that I don't see as being in RPGs right now. But I think it would really make them better. Uh, mm-hmm. video games because, of course, in a tabletop setting, you know, the GM just basically comes up and says whatever seems appropriate to him. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, now you don't have... It- the one thing you get in a video game that you don't get in an RPG is is that you go walking into a room. There's a dozen people talking all at the same time about the various things that they care about, or a street the same way. You know, in a you know in you tabletop situation, you got the GM trying to think about what's what's going to happen in this scene. What's the next thing I need to have someone say to you? And so you end up with the players having to create that miscellaneous dialogue in their own heads
1: yeah i mean
0: so that's one some, thing that are that they do do well but just not well enough in yeah. videos
1: and Symbio games yes people are talking but it goes back and it goes into the background and becomes what's what's the uh, i think the um oh i forgot there's a there's a phrase you use in the theater when you're in the background it's you're like saying a or or um something you just repeat the same word over again it's just it's it's not intelligible
0: well, yeah, I'm yeah. saying that's not good I mean, it should yeah. be unintelligible because it's too low Or mm-hmm. because you're hearing multiple people talking at the same time And you can't discern what it should be You know, yeah. that's, that's a, a, a matter of computer power And that's a matter of, of how they've designed, you know, those NPCs to act And and they're getting better, but mm-hmm. they're not still
1: not there yet well, better, yeah, it, it, they're getting better. Actually, one reason and one reason they they are getting better, and it's the very reason you brought up: uh, more people are buying these games, and there's more money being flowing around. I mean, EA, uh, not, not you know, E three is a is so major these days that it's it's getting, getting coverage in in mainstream media. It's a major it's a major event. E three for those who are not familiar, is the penampenlet penumpul- penump- It's the premiere. Penultimate, uh, yeah. Penultimate, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Two different terms yeah. there. Yeah. Whatever. It's the premier, It's the premier uh, video game um, uh, um, uh, conference. I don't even want to say convention. It's where everyone comes to show off their wares. Yeah. Yeah, everybody just shows yeah, Z,
0: up. Z John is always conflagrating <laughs> uh, uh, terms. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I I, I constabularying the the wrong words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a major, it, you know. And there there you see all the latest innovations and some things that. We'll never make it, but you know they all show up there. I mean, I was watching uh, some uh, video from that, and and uh, what, uh, what was it uh, Scott Manley? He does a he does a lot of, a lot of uh, Stellaris and Elite Dangerous videos. But he was at he, he was at one e three, and he was walking, and he started not to go to where the big boys were. He went to the indie gamers to see what's coming out of those folks, and some of them are coming up with really interesting concepts. And then there are also the concepts you look at and go. So that's sort of like the old tech, uh simulator you could buy and, and put in your house. I'm, no one's going to buy that. You know that.
2: <laughs> well, John, it's like, you know, and, 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 well, I mean, you would remember it still as the Detroit Auto Show. It's now the North American International Auto Show. You have all the cars that are coming out next year. You know, GM and Ford have all their, you know, with the women in the dresses. And then you have the concept cars. They're cute. You know you'll never see them on the road. But it's just something they made for the show. It's nice to look at. Fine. Move along. You know, yeah, it's the same thing.
1: Oh, yeah. well, a lot of these folks were doing... Uh, one thing he was running into, he ran into was the alternate input uh, games, where you don't use a controller or your keyboard. You use something else. That uses something else is usually yourself as the input. But we're not talking the... Uh, the uh, the 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 little cameras that uh, was it the on the Xbox the Xbox. Um, connect. Got, Are you sure you're not connect. talking about the Wii? No, connect. Connect had a camera that could look at you. Yes. Uh, and they but they're talking other things where they were using heat sensors and they were using you had a ball you were playing with and the ball, and how you played with the ball affected the character on the screen and they're also talking about. Uh, there's a lot of experimental uh, VR and AR stuff coming out, and it's the AR stuff I'm re- I'm really interested in because it's something you could walk around the street and be playing a game and no one realizes you're playing a game because <laughs> only you can see what's happening in front of you in those situations. Um, uh, I, I can just imagine, you know, but, but those—that's something that's way in the future because to get that kind of power, yeah, and uh, for me to have something that I can just wear it like a pair of glasses, yeah, we're talking computing power that doesn't exist yet. Uh, uh, but still, it's 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 coming, and uh, you know, and you get and, and also look at games like uh, the, the recent movie came out, Ready Player One, crap movie.
2: Oh, here we go. Okay, yep. All right, I'm Bruce. We need to stand back because this is going to get ugly. Z and Colleen saw it a couple of weeks ago. Hey, I,
1: I'm
0: I liked it. You know, I'm not in Josh's
1: <laughs> yeah, it it's pretty good. Well, okay, they had, it had a lot of fun visuals and things like that, but I'm I'm predicting the storyline as I go along. Um, so unfortunately, you know, I, I do that a lot. I, I'll see something, I'm going, and I know how this movie's going to end. I can tell you right now. And I'm never surprised because I know exactly how it's going to end. So I never get spoiled for movies I've already spoiled it for myself. But just simply knowing what the story is and what they have to, and if, if it's a sequel, it's going to be a sequel. then I know they going how the end of movies is going to end. It's like Godzilla movies. Oh, okay, Godzilla exactly. always survives. Anyway, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, you know. So. But but the, but the concept of this VR universe these people were in was you know definitely there was there were. Uh, AIs and they're running characters and things like that, and it's that's what people really want. You know, basically, you go and you go into the net and you play against you know these these uh, computer characters who are, seem almost just as real as you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that that we're 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 working we're working toward. Yeah. Um you know, and and virtual
0: real Yeah, that that kind of virtual reality. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or the full, the full body sensory suits. You betcha.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or 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 augmented reality games where you know, hey, we don't have to sit at your desk. You can actually go outside and walk and play games and do things. And
0: I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I so like it for well the idea. If gonna I'm gonna do a the, scavenger the hunt, <laughs> sure, oh. sure. But I'm just saying, most video games, you know, I, I, I don't have the ability to, like, jump over buildings. But in a video game, I can jump over buildings. I can't do that, even with, a you know, virtual reality, augmented, whatever.
2: Okay, Z, Z, what was it that you said?
3: I was saying as far as the whole augmented reality thing, yeah, you go outside. You enjoy the fresh air.
1: And then you get <laughs> run over in the street because you were busy trying to get Pikachu into the damn ball. Well, no, that never happened. That never happened because you could catch a Pikachu from about twenty feet away. I know because I used to.
0: <laughs> I, was,
1: I love those oh, stories. Come on, oh. John,
0: you still do it. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> lie.
1: Every so often, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're, running, uh, they're, running a spe- they're running a special thing right now. So, anyway, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, 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 well, properly done, an augmented reality game would let you know oh, there's a there's a street. Don't step in the street, stupid. You know.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, augmented reality is supposed to lay overlay the real reality, but yes. not so much that you, as you say, you 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 know. I mean, you could change all the cars into dragons, but there's still something there. You know, yeah. You're not supposed to make them invisible. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 another kind. There's movies about that where <laughs> they they go and people go walking out in the street because somebody hacked their vision and mm-hmm. and they thought this, there was nobody on the street. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. At the very least, you know, up until we put you know computers in your head. If you're wearing glasses, if someone hacks your vision, you take your glasses off. Okay, you know, unless <laughs> of course you anymore. have
0: a neck, in which case you know, they've hacked your your your, your uh, visual cortex. So yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 doing, um, um, Mimetic hacks, yeah, yeah. Mimetic- we
0: we still haven't established whether or not it, you know, it would be better to go right straight to the nerves or whether doing things through the eyes and, and ears are still the better way. So that's still to be determined. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so, um, let's talk uh, some more about some things that I think are really, are, are really good in our RPGs, but not, don't see too often in, in, uh, and video games, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about rest. Okay, resting is a weird thing in both games because mm-hmm. resting is primarily how you get your hit points back, how you get your health back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in right. in the early D and D games, you got very little back. And a matter of fact, in the uh, in some other is most early game systems, healing was a very slow process. And you had to be willing to rest for extended periods of time to match a more naturalistic type of healing. Okay, Mm -hmm. that never happens in video games ever because nobody's got nobody wants to sit around. I mean, they 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 did have in like the early Baldur's Gate they had rest until you're fully healed. And so, like, you know, days would go by sometimes, you know, fade to black and come back. Now, where they failed there was is that you're basically sitting in the same place and nothing's bothering you when if you st- <clears throat> walk 15 feet off of your current location, some random monster is going to pop up. But for the last three days, nothing happened because you were resting. So resting is a, is, is a real weird thing in, in, in both things because they, they, uh, because this how they primarily give you your healing back. So they tend to go and and give you too much healing. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like when they use more, um, uh, you know, um, more. They have better reasons for giving you healing. Okay, either stim packs, you know, nanotechnology, magic healing. Um, you know, you're sucking it out of the ley line, which is still magical healing. Um, but where you just basically, like they did in 4th edition, where you went to sleep and you woke up and you were down 150 hit points, but they're all back now, that to me just totally broke the immersion.
2: Yeah, that, that's just no.
1: Well, okay, but I will point out to you that the current version of 5e, Dungeons and Dragons 5e, has quick healing now. Uh, you can rest and roll your hit dice and recover that many points back for an hour's rest.
0: Yeah, it's just I'm just saying is that healing yeah. has become, uh, and I think it's I think it's something to do with the fact of the video games yeah. that they they that players don't want to basically put the the uh, narrative on hold while they <laughs> heal, and a lot of times they shouldn't. Because you shouldn't, I mean, most times when you're doing stuff, you, you know, there's people reacting to what you're doing. You're invading places or other things are going on. And mm-hmm. if you sit around for two weeks healing up after a bad, a big battle, then essentially the, the, the game's over you were you were yeah you did your part and you rested and now somebody else became the hero and saved the day
2: i remember having a i remember running a role-playing game and it was like last year i forget what campaign it was in but because they didn't have access to any accelerated healing i'm having to tell them okay i'm having to figure out their hit points and it's like yeah it's gonna take you like uh three or four days to heal up before we do anything because we don't have a healer, we don't have, you know... I think it was the, the Palladium game, my brain, Robotech After Dark Day. Z just joined it recently. And we didn't have any type of magical healing. So these characters, I'm having to compute, okay, you're going to, com- you're going to, with bed rest, you're going to get this many hit points this day, this many hit points this day, and then you get this much SDC. In order to get back up to full, if you want to go back out in the field, you're going to be in bed for like six days. And maybe just because we didn't have a healer on the team, so, and I think it's that more that um, with how they've made the games now. Oh, you're quickly healed, even though it's unrealistic. I think it's that sort of instant gratification type thing where players have just gotten so used to having it that even when you don't have magical healing, oh, we'll just heal you up quickly, anyways. It's like "Eh." healing just happens.
1: I mean, okay, and Sarah's rolls is good for this too. I mean, it, it, they basically have you, you get hit, you can make a health roll, and 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 he, if you spin a Benny, you can make a you can make a um um not a health roll, Con soak. roll. Soak, soak roll soak roll and soak up those hit points and so so you basically wounds. you
0: can avoid wounds that have already happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. and 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 healing can easily, uh someone has it, it, even just normal healing can easily heal someone of their wounds, uh, you know, just you know, just good old fashioned non magical healing. Yeah, just do a repair check. Yeah, boom, and and you're healed back up again. Right. As long as you get within the magic, was it uh, magic? Golden hour. hour. Golden hour. Yes. As long as you do it in the golden hour. Otherwise, it's bed rest and see a healer, magical or mechanical or science fictional, you right? Know. Yeah, right. and but yeah, so you like and games like Fate, you take consequences. And the consequences may actually not be wounds; they may be social consequences. And you get all your stress back after if you get a chance to rest. You get all your stress back. Bang! So you may have some consequences that people can tap. So make sure that either you tap them first, so that you can uh, you know not have your foes tap them, and then, then, then that forces them to give you a fate point to tap your your consequence at that point. But that's just a mechanic. But yeah, uh, we, but there are games where. And there are games where they don't even worry about you having hit points. It's it's totally up to you whether or not you you are hurt or injured and what the effects are.
0: You're talking about RP, you know, tabletop RPGs. Yes. Yeah. Now they don't do that at all in video games. No. You know, they, no they, I mean, no, no. They, yeah. they may have a conceit where it says, "Okay, you rest. Okay, and your hit points just." You see the bar, you know, the the, the, the orange or red, you know, uh, bar bubbles up to the top. Oh, good. yeah, <laughs> I just rested a little ways, you know. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore
2: them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
0: Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts.